let's get it. Wednesday, July 24th, 2019. Or in the battle, the podcast that focuses on inspiring veteran stories and puts a highlight on important resources, offices, and benefits for our veterans. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Tanner Iskra. This is the vacation episode. Um, I recorded this before I left because as of this episode drop, I'm out in an area that doesn't even get cell service. Fishing, camping, enjoying time with the family. With that being said, before I left, I saw a couple of ratings and reviews come in, as well as some comments on the blog for last week's episode at blogs.va.gov. First of all, nobody is paying clergy. Nobody in the VA is paying clergy. The Center of Faith is something, the Center of Faith is an outreach program by the VA. And two, uh, a lot of people are asking how to get involved. Where can we go? How can we contact the Center of Faith? And to that, I just got to say, listen to the episode. Conrad kind of laid it all out there, how to get involved with the Center of Faith and Opportunity Initiative. Um, it's all there. Plus, in the show notes and in the, in the blog notes, I, I put links up for that contact information. So, uh, man, these comments are on the blog. But um, if you, this is what I got to say, as a listener, if you yourself see that on the blogs at blogs.va.gov of veterans that, you know, for a benefits breakdown or for any episodes or looking like, how can I get involved? And you see that like on the blog or in the episode that it's, it's their answers right there. Help them out. Uh, Maybe, maybe help, uh, maybe reply and uh, point a couple couple places out for them and it would greatly help me out because i do these episodes for people to get information on resources so um man just 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 help them out point it out to them and let's be and let's build a community on there that helps each other out as for ratings and reviews the last rating was from cats 82 useful and interesting Info and finer points about my VA benefits are great. I like listening to the background and and reminisces, reminisces, reminisces of the guests. Well, Cats82, I am glad that you uh, enjoy our veteran stories. And I hope to keep bringing these to you for another 155 episodes, at least. So thank you for listening. With that being said, we are at a total of 57 ratings, 30 reviews for a total of 87. Ladies and gents, we are 13 ratings and reviews away from the podcast episode that features Air Force veteran Adrian Kronauer. Good morning, Vietnam! Of Good Morning Vietnam fame, interviewing the one, the only, producer, actor, comedian, and Army veteran, Mel Brooks. Folks in the office have asked me, are you still holding that hostage? And to that I say, you're dang right. The more ratings and reviews this podcast receives, the higher we go in the podcast algorithms, more veterans hear the information provided in this podcast, and I get a better understanding of what our current listeners are looking for in their podcast. This isn't my podcast. It isn't even the VA's podcast. It's yours. So yes, I will hold on to this special, never-before-released interview until we hit 100 ratings and reviews. So I'm not physically in the office, so I can't bring you any fresh news releases or news from the VA. I'm fishing. But I can tell you where you can get that info. 
If you go to blogs.va.gov, there's a ticker of news release information at the top of the homepage. Click on any one of the headlines in the ticker, and it'll take you right to the press release and the relevant notes in the story. So even though I'm not there, can't get it to you fresh, I can tell you at least tell you where to go to get it. All right, way back in episode 43, Tim interviewed the senior director of military programs at Walmart. Uh, a mutual business associate let me know that he was retiring soon. And I knew that Walmart had some goals with veterans, uh, namely hiring 250,000 veterans by the year 2020. And I saw in the news that the Walmart Foundation had donated a sizable chunk of change to Hire Our Heroes USA. So I decided to reach out to him and catch up. And we talked about those two initiatives. And there's a little bit of overlap from the last episode. But we also talked about some things that weren't previously discussed about his career path that led him to Walmart and what his goals are before he finally calls it a career. So, without further ado, I give to you Army veteran Gary Prophet. Enjoy. Being commissioned uh, as a second lieutenant in the United States Army uh, in 1974. It, oh, wow. Right, right at the tail end of uh, Vietnam. It was. And uh, as I tell people, uh, it was a time, Tanner, when uh, the army was essentially a wash in lieutenants and they weren't really finding a lot of reason to bring a, a lot of new lieutenants on active duty. And I just, uh, still found that my call to serve was, was still there. And, and so we, we, uh, pressed ahead. Very well. So at the, at that time where you were, uh, you had to, you were in the reserves. I was commissioned um, and entered uh, the reserve, uh, the Army Reserve, um, as a basic branch artillery officer and served there for a few years before coming back on active duty. Understood. Uh, so those young years as an artillery officer, um, who was either A, your best friend while you were in as a young second lieutenant or your greatest mentor during your oh, career? Oh, gosh. You're a, you're a good questioner, uh, <laughs> good interviewer. I think probably um, the, the professor of military science uh, was, a, uh, was a really important mentor at a, at a kind of pivotal time in my life, both as I was um, in college and, and afterward, uh, I continued to have a an important relationship, I think, with um, um, Ken Masick, uh, then the professor of military science colonel at Eastern Michigan University, where I did my undergraduate work. Um, and and certainly there were countless, I'll say, non-commissioned officers and uh, that I, I think really uh, taught me what it meant to be in the army and, and my role in the army at, at various stages in my career. And there are just too many of them to probably mention individually. I'd forget some sure. that were as important as any others. Absolutely. I can totally understand that. Um, Gary, give me a couple of your favorite assignments when you were in the army. Gosh, I, I think probably the, uh, one assignment that that we enjoyed more than anything else, and we uh, 
didn't want to go there uh, was when we were assigned uh, to Special Operations Command South in in Panama. You didn't uh, want to go. Well, you know, um, I, I guess we didn't. We probably didn't know everything that that we should have known. Roger. And um, we thought our future was going in a different direction. And so that was all a little bit surprising, but we found that 23, 24 months in Panama and that assignment um, among the most rewarding we ever had. Uh, great people, um, a really important mission, and really uh, felt as though we were were valued and and and, and added uh, to that uh mission and found real purpose. Uh, and the other one, I guess I would say is, uh, I served for, with the secretary for the secretary of the army on Capitol Hill for a couple of years. And okay. And, which one? Um, Togo West at the time. Okay. Uh, and, uh, in the early to mid nineties and, and frankly, uh, learned a lot about the army, uh, a lot about, um, a civilian, um, leadership and control. Um, uh, and, and I think that has served me well as I've gone forward. Very, another very formative, um, opportunity that I had. Very well. Very well. Panama. What, um, what year was that? That was that for during Noriega and all that? No, it was just after, um, oh, okay. it was, uh, 96 to 98. Uh, so I guess a half a dozen years after, okay. uh, <laughs> after just cause. Gotcha. Uh, Gary, 32 years, retired as a Brigadier General. Um, I assumed you obviously had enough active time to retire. That was, that was, that was that pretty much what was, what, what brought you to the end of your service? It, it did. I have always, uh, Tanner tried to be a student of, of, of my own aspirations and, mm. and also, uh, the, uh, know when it's time to, to move on. Uh, I had, probably opportunities to remain and, and, and try and be competitive for, uh, increasing, um, responsibilities and, sure. and, and more and, uh, challenging and rewarding, uh, assignments. But I really thought, uh, it was time for me to allow someone else to bring their ideas and energy mm. and, and for me to, to find, uh, what would be my next purpose in life. And, and, and it was really kind of as simple as that, uh, after those 31 plus years. And, and I think, uh, in retrospect, uh, probably made the right decision for, for me and my family and for, and for the army. Sure. Sure. I could totally understand that. It's still 31 years is a long time. So <laughs> thank yeah, you. Yeah. And I, it's interesting. Well, and, and frankly, thank you for your uh, Marine Corps service. I should, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, share with you that my father was uh, in the Marine Corps during the second world war. And oh wow, um, I have um, more than a little bit of admiration for uh, those of you. And I guess, um, the smallest of the services, if you will, in DOD and, and, uh, um, and the role that you play in, 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 in frankly, securing our nation. What was it like? You retired in 2006, correct? I did. 
What was it like to transition in 2006? Well, I don't, I don't uh, want to say that the transition was, was easy. Although I think because I had had so many um, civilian facing assignments, if you will, sure. uh, in my eclectic career, if you will, sure. that uh, it was probably easier for me than for some others. Um, I would also say that it's, it may be easier for flag officers um, sure. to, to transition than, than people who are uh, younger and, and maybe know a little less about their aspirations. Although I would tell you that when I retired, um, I probably took um, three, four, five, six months to, to kind of chart that course for the future and part because I just didn't realize Tanner how tired I had um, had gotten. Uh, I tell people kind of flippantly that you really don't know how tired you are until you jump off the gerbil wheel and <laughs> and 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 kind of realize that you fall in on a routine that probably wasn't sustainable. Those last three years of my um, uniform service was the first three years of operation Iraqi freedom. And, yeah. and we were, um, as you well know, um, a pretty, um, busy country at that time. Yeah. So 2006, there was, there's still a lot of, uh, uh, contracting in the beltway. Um, I noticed that you were, you became a director of general dynamics for about two years. What were you the director of? Uh, we were, um, under my leadership, we were fielding a, a human capital management system in the Department of Homeland Security. Okay. And a great company, um, a great um, uh, people who were very nice to me and, and, and very important work. I just, uh, in, in my case, I realized that I didn't think my long-term aspirations were in the defense industry and, and government services. And so mm. uh, as the opportunity arose uh, at Walmart after those couple of years, uh, I, I really jumped at it. Yeah. How did you find yourself at, Wal at Walmart? Like how did it happen? Well, kind of interestingly, I'm a part of a network uh, called the flag and general officer network uh, and the opportunity um, I became aware of the opportunity through um, that medium and uh, had the opportunity to meet the folks at, at, at Walmart. And one thing led to another and, and I became the, the first person here to, I guess, do what I've done for the last decade. The very first person. Uh, what, is, what is the official title and what, what is your scope? What is your job entail? Sure. I'm the senior director of military programs at Walmart. And uh, although first uh, I would tell you that I think that Walmart has such a rich history of uh, relationship, if you will, with with the military and with veterans and military families, arguably dating back to Captain U.S. Army Sam Walton, who founded this company. I, I really have the opportunity to stand on the shoulders of uh, literally hundreds of thousands of uh, veterans and members of military families who have been Walmart associates and continue to be today. And so the work that we do leverages all of that. And, and uh, the cornerstone of it obviously is the 
the very organic uh, work that we can do to hire veterans and 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 military spouses. Absolutely, uh, the value that we place on them uh, and uh, the importance of them joining our teams and making us better, and and then also uh, clearly we feel um, a great honor to be able to act. Um, our part to lead civically and socially and do our best to, in the early years of our work, drive veteran unemployment down. And, and now that we've, um, as a nation, uh, arguably gotten to full employment with respect to yes population, to take the next step and, and do the same thing to try and uh, help the disproportionate unemployment for military spouses. So let's let's talk about some of the things that you have done. Um, what was Walmart like when you when you first started? Can you can you lead us into some of the initiatives that you you had when you very first started working at Walmart? Sure, I think it was important for us to uh, build a, a, a military um, people brand, if you will, and then ultimately a military brand that sort of um, is the umbrella over that. The cornerstone uh, initially being. Uh, how do we uh, how do we attract, uh, recruit, hire, grow, and develop, um, manage, and retain people from the military community constituencies? And and so the first thing we did was to try and build that brand uh, focused on on talent. And a few years after I started here, uh, began a journey that we um, uh, called the uh, the veteran. Um, welcome home commitment uh, yeah. um, initially to hire a hundred thousand veterans um, in in a five year period and when we realized that we were over indexing on that uh, promise uh, that we uh, more than doubled it to two hundred fifty thousand that we uh, are going to i think complete early, if you will. Um, yeah, I noticed, I noticed, I noticed that um, back in May, you announced that you, you've hired over 226,000 veterans since 2013, um, yep. which is an incredible number. And it's a, a you know, a 20,000 person increase from August of last year. And also read back in 2016, it was 130,000. So it's, it's 100,000 and a little over three years. Um, is this a, is this a model that other businesses can follow? Well, I don't know that Walmart's a very good benchmark for a lot of companies just by virtue uh, sure. tenor of our size and and scale and scope. Sure. Uh, but I think that um, I think one thing that all businesses can um, consider, and that is the the very very talented people that are represented um, by veterans and military families. And uh, I used to tell people that I'm, I'm amazed that people wouldn't want them on their teams. Um, and so I would, I would say if, if you take nothing more than, than to value these folks as potential um, parts of your organizations, then I think that may be the most important thing that we can, that we can do. Um, very well. the, other thing, the other thing that we found that's really kind of um, more important to me, maybe even than the fact that we've acquired so many of them, is the fact that they're finding 
in those opportunities careers. That was going to be, uh, that was going to be my next question is like, how long does a veteran have to be employed for them to count towards that number? Was it like a one week or? or? um, Actually, we, we, we realized that veterans were, were, were not to be painted with a single broad brush stroke. There were some Mm -hmm. that um, uh, were retired were t- retiring or had served for enough years to know themselves and what we call their personal brand and, and have a sense of their, um, aspirations. Sure. Uh, could have a career conversation with, with those folks. There were also some people, I, I kind of called them the, the, the Marine Lance corporals who had, you know, served one enlistment and probably had been deployed a couple of times. And, and, and they, they needed a landing spot, a chance to, to figure out what that next step was in their careers. And they were going home or, or, uh, to the place, um, from which they, you know, entered service and, and to where their support was. And, And maybe they just needed us to provide them some, um, financial, um, uh, Some stability, security, stability. Um, and then they decide that, gee, I want to go to college or, or maybe the retail industry isn't for me and I want to do something else. And, and, and we, we decided that we would kind of redefine retention Tanner. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and maybe that's unique to Walmart, but, we just sort of said to ourselves, if, if your experience at Walmart causes you to have a better impression of us than you did before you joined us and you go on to lead productive lives in our communities, we're probably just fine with that. Um, uh, and, and maybe that's unique to the fact that we're kind of everywhere. Um, but our customers and our, our communities are important to us. And, and so we just sort of thought of, retention in in that way. Um, but those that stay with us and, uh, you know, those 35 plus thousand that have been promoted since they joined the Walmart team, uh, shows us that, that they're finding, uh, opportunity here and, and, and finding a place where they can build a career. So excited about that, maybe even more than, than the 226,000. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that, and, and providing, you know, that Lance couple with a landing spot too, that's, that's so important. And for them to help them figure out what they're what their next step's going to be in our, in our archives, uh, the director of veterans affairs from Coke industries talked about th- their retention program. Um, what is Walmart's retention program for, for veterans? Well, we track them pretty carefully. Um, the, the, the most important uh, periods of time in our industry, we think, and in our company is to kind of get a sense of, of, of them at the 90 and 180 day marks. Mm. Um, although we kind of keep track, um, the retail industry is, as you may or may not know, is, is historically a high turnover place. Um, and so what we, try and gauge is how, how does, how do these veterans, uh, compare to, you know, the average Walmart employee, if you will. Mm-hmm. And our most recent reporting indicates that, that, that their, um, retention or their loyalty, if you will, um, is, is a little bit higher than the average employee, which, um, we think is not surprising, but important. And, yeah. And so that's kind of the way we, we look at it. 
Understood. So you should hit 250K with your target of 2020. Um, is that um, your last uh, goal before you retire? I hear you're retiring soon. Well, I um, I think I have a responsibility to my leadership here to define my relief and to successfully onboard him or her and 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 position my successor for for um, you know taking all of this to the next level. So I have announced that and and I, to answer your specific question, I don't. Uh, we're going to get to two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> Um, and it may be before or after, you know, I go on to my, find the next purpose in my life, but I think that that's only, I just think that's the current, um, phase in which you're in. I think our commitment to offering hiring preference to veterans will endure Mm. and we will continue to value these people as much as we ever have. And some people have told me that they think actually this work is even more important in the future than it has been to this point. Mm. So I think our commitment is, is pretty strong. And, and, and now that we've had the opportunity to kind of um, complement the work that we do with veterans uh, with military spouses, I think um, we're bringing, bringing our work um, to the broader military family. You've, uh, you've mentioned that the military spouse connection, is that what's next for Walmart? Um, what is that? And what does that entail? Well, it's the same kind of hiring preference um, that we offer to veterans and to those transitioning from active duty. It's, uh, it's our recognition that um, we value military spouses as much as we value veterans. I mean, after all, uh, they have the same, value systems and the same, um, they're, they're very talented. Uh, and, and, and similarly, we just think they make us better and want them to join our team. So, uh, similarly going to offer the, the same kind of preference. And we've been really gratified with the response we've had since we announced it in on veterans day last year, you know, nearly 6,000 spouses have, found found a, a place at Walmart and and we're going to begin to kind of um, zero in on on also their performance and their loyalty and and you know uh, six months from now if we talk uh, I hope we can tell you more about about those kind of things gotcha is this more of like an overarching policy right now or is there like a numbers target like there was for the uh, welcome home commitment yeah, I don't think we're. I don't think right now we intend to to put any um, any goals out there for us. Um, I think we're going to continue to report on our results because we think uh, our communities want to know how we're doing. Sure, but I don't think that um, we're going to attach some kind of big number. Gotcha. Um, we just we've learned from from our first experience. And I think we can, uh, the impact, um, to these, uh, military spouses is, is offering them, uh, a, a hand up, if you will, yeah. um, to give them an opportunity to get in the door and then, and then to offer them opportunity once we, once we have them on our teams. Um, you're also in, you've also been involved with the Walmart foundation. Is, was it the Walmart Foundation that also put out the $1 million to hire our heroes this year? 
Yep. Yep. Absolutely. They, uh, they granted a million dollars in a continuing relationship with Higher Heroes USA and, and a great organization doing great work uh, and particularly excited about the, the work that they've added uh, or enhanced um, focused on their efforts to hire military spouses and, and to, and to build their serving spouses program which we think is very consistent with with our uh, now important emphasis in that same area. That's awesome. Um, how how does how does stuff like that work? Is it is it the foundation coming to you with like, hey, do you have a recommendation? We have this much money. Uh, who do you want to give it to this year? Or is it just uh, do they just how does that how does that whole process work with with the foundation and your relationship with them? Uh, I think we just at some point in time, I think. The different elements of of our enterprise here kind of just built um, uh, kind of a portfolio uh, that we now manage uh, across these members of of this governance body, and we all sort gotcha. of work together to to try and figure out where we can make a difference and where we can make a difference that's consistent with the size of Walmart and, and, and our interest in, in doing big things. And, and the Walmart foundation is a very important part of that. Um, and, and, you know, everything from their uh, commitment, um, at a few years ago to, you know, um, grant $20 million over five years and then to, um, complete that early and, and, and to double down on that, uh, um, to, to, to invest $40 million basically. Uh, and, 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 and having completed that, I think that what we see is the fact that they are absolutely as committed today as they were then. And as they were before, as you go forward to, to do more big things, um, but different because as you know, the landscape has changed. Um, and and we, we have to, we have to keep, um, keep evolving with, with the new realities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the, the unemployment rate, uh, the unemployment percent is, has just, it's, it's an amazing number right now for veterans. Uh, I think it's like 1.6 or something like that. Uh, it was just a, it was, it's an amazing thing to see when you look at, you know, 10 years ago, what the unemployment number was for veterans to see it, to see the big change is just incredible. Yeah. Glad, glad, glad to have, I hope played a little part in, in being able to, to <laughs> do what we should have done as a nation all along. So Gary, what is one thing that you learned in the military that you apply to what you do today? I grew in rank and responsibility and, and in my entire time at Walmart, it's more about being able to influence those over whom you have no authority with the power of your ideas. Mm. And that's, I think what I learned. Uh, and that comes into play every day because uh, we have a very small military programs team. Uh, we decided that strategic design at the outset. And so nobody works for me except a couple of, uh, you know, colleagues. And so, it's not about me, uh, you know, directing anyone. It's about uh, us having a conversation and building consensus around an idea and then going about executing it. 
That's great. That's great. Is there a, other than the Walmart foundation, which, you know, has done great things. Is there a nonprofit or a veteran in the veteran community that you see as an example for others to emulate in serving veterans? I think that, um, an organization that I think is probably the most important, um, thought partner that I have and, and maybe we have is, um, the Institute for Veterans and Military Families at Syracuse University that was, um, oh, well. really, the, really the, the initial work of Dr. Mike Haney. Um, one of my, one of my alma maters, sorry, just had to throw it. it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, saw, I did. I saw that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the Marine Corps sent me to Syracuse university for a year for the military motion media program. So yeah, yeah. yeah. that's stuff. a great program by the way. Yes. Um, uh, but I think, uh, I think they're doing very, uh, and, and I, I'm kind of focused, um, Tanner on the people that are important thought partners of mine and very important thought leaders nationally. Mm. Uh, the other, um, group that I think is, is, uh, particularly important is the people at the, uh, military, um, service, uh, initiative at the George W. Bush, um, uh, Institute, um, the work that, that, uh, Miguel Howe began there, uh, working for the, for, for the president, I think is particularly important. Um, as we go forward, uh, we have a really, really important relationship with operation Homefront mm, okay. that I think is, uh, doing great work, um, at the field community level, if you will. Yeah. And helping you know military families and and uh, you know as they have challenges and uh, that we all understand at least to some degree and they're doing the kind of work that that I think we're all proud to be associated. So those are just a couple. Very well, very well. Uh, what's next for Gary Profit? Uh, you're retiring from Walmart. Where are you going? Well, I I don't know that uh, my wife of um, 46, uh, wait a minute, 47 years. Um, <laughs> don't get in trouble now. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to end this nice conversation by making myself uh, uh, an enemy of my wife. But um, I don't think we've decided, Tanner. I, I think we know that, that, that we, uh, we probably still have uh, some purpose in our life that's yet unfilled. Um, but I don't think we know what that is yet. Uh, we certainly hope to spend more time with our grandchildren. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and to do some of those things that we maybe haven't done as much as we would like, but, um, we're, 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 we know there's a, we think there's a, a page to turn on the next chapter. We just don't know what it is yet. Well, I'm excited to see what it's going to be, but definitely the the time with the grandkids does sound sound good for right now. Um, Gary, is there anything else that I haven't asked? I think it's important to share. Um, how about like any advice for maybe a transitioning veteran or or someone that is in the Walmart pipeline or someone that is looking for a career change? Sure, uh, had a pretty pretty um, diverse career. 
uh, what, what would be something that you would like to uh, impart on our listeners? I think the most important uh, thing anyone can do, and we just uh, are each year we host um, some cadets from the from West Point and from the Air Force Academy, and the thing we impart on them um, early and often is the fact that they need to network now and always. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, it's not a mysterious thing. It can start with family and friends. It can then uh, lead to your your service colleagues. Uh, but I think that as my opportunity to come to Walmart proved, it's at the end of the day, opportunities um, are ma- you're made aware of opportunities based upon the network that you have. Uh, the other thing I would say is if you're transitioning from the military, it's never too early to start. Hmm. Um, I, I used to kind of um, somewhat um, flippantly probably say you should begin thinking about your transition from the military when you enlist or when you're commissioned. Because sure. we're all going to do it. Yeah, whether and, you do four years or 30 years, eventually you got to take the uniform off. Absolutely. And and there's going to be something else for you and uh, starting to build that network, starting to better understand yourself and your aspirations. Um, and, and, and that's not a suggestion um, that people should not remain in service for as long as they want. I'm not, uh, I, I hope that everyone that wants to serve serves as long as as they add value to their service and their nation. Sure. Um, no competition here. But I think just an understanding that we're all ultimately going to take the uniform off and we're going to go and do something different. Yeah. Like you, like you did. <laughs> you know, I, I was very interested to, to learn that, you know, you, you kind of um, – found your, your, your way into your, your future, even through your Marine Corps assignment. So kind of cool. The film industry is very, you know, it's like being a contractor without, without as much security, you know? (laughs) So, um, I joined the Marine Corps as a, as a admin and eventually parlayed that into a combat camera and I got out and, uh, and then I went to go work for NASCAR after I got out after 11, after 11 years. And, um, you know, my wife noticed that I was, I was bringing Marines to the track on every Memorial Day race, you know, combat camera Marines. And I was showing them things that you and I probably never got. Like, this is how, this is what the exact position is. And this is what that job entails, you know, for when you transition out. Yeah. And my wife saw that and she said, and, and I said this all in my episode when, when the previous host uh, interviewed me. She goes, Hey, you have an interview on Monday. I say, For interview for what? She goes, Oh, it's for the VA. You'll be telling veteran stories. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was almost a natural fit for me and, and I'm happy to be back and to be able to tell veteran stories. Um, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know what? It just also proves that, you know, some of our best promoters are, are, our spouses. That's right. Right. (laughs) We get, we get the best career advice from our families. (laughs) Anyway, uh, one more thing I should probably, we, we, uh, um, uh, today are, are uh, hosting our annual open call that focuses on uh, investing in American jobs and U.S. manufacturers. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, really grateful to have a number of uh, veteran owned businesses and entrepreneurs among them. Uh, that allows us to focus on the important work that we do uh, to try and encourage veteran and military family-owned businesses to think about private sector supply chains and 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 very wow. cool to kind of kind of leverage the work that we do with the Coalition for Veteran-Owned Business because we think that employment and entrepreneurship kind of go hand in hand because we know that veteran-owned businesses hire veterans and members of military families. And, yeah. and it's all about, um, it, it just, it's really kind of a, uh, a very complimentary kind of notion. So I, I probably should have uh, mentioned that as well. No worries. You know, we're not, uh, what better way to learn supply chain management than from Walmart? <laughs> we think, we think we're pretty good at it anyway. <laughs> Getting out of the military, I was missing this camaraderie. It's frustrating when you try and talk to people that don't understand. I would be talking, but I wasn't there with them. You just feel so alone. I still had the anger, I still had the addictions, but we didn't talk about that. Came to a point where it's like, okay, I really need to talk to somebody about this. Family more or less encouraged me, you know, go to the VA, you're a veteran, see what they can do to help you. When you have family, friends, when you have the facilities like the VA and the vet center, it gives me, it gives others encouragement to keep moving forward. It's okay to go get help. It's okay to talk to people because it takes true strength to ask for help. Talking with, with other veterans was the best method for learning the roadmap to success. Hear veterans' real stories of strength and recovery at maketheconnection.net. I want to thank Gary for sharing his time and coming on the show. And I want to say to him what we say in the sea services, farewell and following seas. You can see what Gary started at Walmart at walmartcareerswithamission.com. And if you're a nonprofit, you can look into connecting with the Walmart Foundation at walmart.org. This week's Born the Battle Veteran of the Week is Army Veteran Fred McDade. Fred had only played in the major leagues with the Washington Senators for 13 days, 13 days, when he was drafted into the Army. At first, he played baseball in Germany, but in 1967, he was assigned to the 11th Armored Cavalry with orders to Vietnam. McDade was severely injured after spending four months and 21 days in Vietnam. He was leading a convoy on a resupply mission when his Jeep was hit by an RPG, killing the driver. McDade lost sight in both eyes, and his right leg was amputated, earning him the Purple Heart. When he returned home, McDade enrolled at Dalton Junior College, where he would become the first ever blind graduate. He later earned a master's degree at the University of Chattanooga. Though he had trouble finding a job, both being blind and overeducated for most of the jobs he applied to, McDade eventually settled into counseling at-risk high school students and is now retired and lives in Georgia. Thank you for your service, Fred. That's it for this week's episode. If you want to light up the face of the veteran that you care about, email me at podcast at va.gov, include a short write-up, and let us know why you would like to see him or her 
as the Born the Battle Veteran of the Week. For more stories on veterans and veteran benefits, check out our website, blogs.va.gov, and follow the VA on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Rally Point, DEPT Vet Affairs, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, search it in the search bar. No matter the social media, you can always find us with that blue check mark. Thank you again for listening on this special vacation episode, and we will see you right here next week. Thanks for listening.